0: We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new PropSwap.com and use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. We're brought to you by Prediction Strike. Prediction Strike is the only performance-based sports stock market where you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes. Use promo code SGPN to receive a free athlete share with your first deposit of $20 or more. And we're brought to you by Odds Crowd. Are you the best NBA better in the US? Odds Crowd is challenging you to prove it with their free-to-play fantasy betting contest. There's $3,000 up for grabs in their season-long contest and 200 books every week in their weekly contests. Just head over to OddsCrowd.com to sign up now. Welcome, everybody, to the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford. Uh, tonight we are here to preview the American League Conference Series. Uh, we've put all the playoffs. We're still one game out uh, from knowing who's going to make the final for Dodgers and Giants go off tonight, later on, uh, this evening, my time. Um, we've already previewed that game, though, in a, in a pod that's been, that's been published, so we're going to get into this Red Sox-Astros series tonight, and now, for once, there is no man better placed uh, to analyze a Red Sox Astros series. Because I'm not even really sure which team he's supporting uh than <laughs> from Houston, Texas, uh, but a Boston Red Sox fan. Uh, Mr. Moonaf Manji. Moonaf, what what shirt are you wearing? What hat have you got on?
1: So you see behind me, I have the uh the Fenway uh <clears throat> the kind of the the frame picture there. You see that right there. And then I have the little uh I guess you can call it, I don't know what you can call it, but you you see behind me and then I have the David Ortiz over here, but I'm wearing the Astro shirt, the championship shirt, the last time they won. So I know we were were talking.
0: This is it. It's not good enough, Moona. It's not good (laughs) enough. I'm not having it. You you couldn't, in this country, that is unacceptable. I mean, can you tell me, give me a little bit of backstory here. So, I mean, are you from Houston? Are you from Boston? I mean, Glory hunt, glory hunt, as a term that we use in this country a lot. I mean, yeah. what's the situation? So I
1: think this is a good time to clarify. Why yeah, I'm a clarify Red Sox fan, is right? the word? I guess uh, that's the whole thing because there's people that wherever you're from, like Boston Capper of the Golf Gambling Podcast, you know, from the Boston area or used to live there. So he's a Patriots fan. He's a Red Sox fan. He's yeah. all, all Celtics fan for NBA, whatever the case might be. But yeah, how I kind of came up with the Red Sox was. Um, I I was following David Ortiz when he came into this league and he got signed by the Minnesota twins. And at that time I was just a general baseball fan. Yeah, of course I was a fan of the Astros, but after the days of Craig Biggio and Jeff Bagwell, after those guys kind of left, there was a period of time where they were just absolutely terrible. They were losing hundred plus games and that's when they, you know, had the high draft picks in the, uh, the MLB draft, and that's when they drafted Altuve, Correa, but they were still in the farm system. So, uh, you know, there, there are some stories about David Ortiz and how he was going to be the next great big thing, um, and, and he got signed, I believe, by the Twins at that time, and he wasn't really – and I kind of find a love with, with David Ortiz because, you know, he was – his, he had a big personality, right? Um, he, he was a fun player, but lo and behold, long story short, didn't get much playing time with the Minnesota Twins – At that point, him and Manny Ramirez, I believe, were good friends. And Manny Ramirez said, hey, let's go out and trade for David Ortiz. So I pretty much journeyed from the Twins over to the Red Sox when he joined the Red Sox uh, when they traded for him. And ever since then, I mean, Manny Ramirez, David Ortiz, I just kind of fell in love with that team. Yeah, I was still watching the Astros. But at that point, it was really about me following David Ortiz's journey over to the Red Sox. So I naturally, became a fan of the Red Sox. Also, so I think ever since two thousand and two or two thousand and three, ever since he made it over there, I, I've been following the Red Sox ever since. So, um, you know, that's where I kind of am. You know, and it's, a, it's an interesting situation because there's not you don't see a lot of people that are fans of different cities like I am, right? And it's just like you support your hometown team. And that's pretty much it unless you don't have a particular team of that sport. So for me, for, we don't have a, a hockey team here in Houston, we had one, but they got bought out or I think they moved, whatever the case was. So we don't have a hockey team. So I suppose I support uh, the golden Knights in Vegas ever since they came into fruition as an expansion team. So that's kind of how it came into the becoming a Red Sox fan. I mean, This team was a lot of fun. And then my eventual, after David Ortiz, it was Dustin Pedroia that became a a favorite of mine because he was a small guy like I am, short. The guy just played with a lot of heart and he won MVP. So, um, you know, yeah, that's how I kind of came to a fandom. But everybody around me, all my friends and family, they know I'm a very, very hardcore Red Sox fan. But I will also support the Astros. So I guess, you know, people tell me you can't have it both ways. So here we are.
0: Okay, well, well you've put up some kind of defence moon uh, I mean I'm just establishing really because obviously um I'm aware that you claim to support Liverpool as well. So I am wary, I'm wary of you. Uh There's and, a theme. Uh, and a, yeah, there is the a theme that's rim. what I mean. You've got you've got preno. you've got previous <laughs> for, for jumping shipping and glory hunting. <laughs> um, so what we've just established that you stopped supporting the Astros because they went bad. So, okay, if that's if that's how you want to carry on your life, Moonath, that's fine with me. <laughs> so um, I feel like we've done enough shows now. We can start asking the difficult questions, Moonath. We don't have to... Uh... You see, can you tell my bullish confidence now that my football team are the richest team in the world? Two weeks ago, if you'd asked me anything, I would have gone to great lengths to avoid this conversation. But now yeah. I'm happy to... Uh, to talk to anybody about their uh, history because I can see I supported Newcastle when we were absolute shite, um, which we still might be when the Arabs run out of oil on Monday, uh, which is something that's likely to happen um, so the question, right so, then. So the question yeah, is, on.
1: if I am going to go to a game this weekend, which 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 uh, clothes am I going to be wearing or which uh, fan gear am I going to be wearing it, it will be but, the Red Sox. It will be the Red Sox jersey and T-shirts and hats that I'll be wearing to the game if I do. If I do end up going,
0: <laughs> we we have this horrible phenomenon which is quite new in this country where people, are, you know, you get all the sort of hawkers outside the stadiums who sell all sorts of rubbish. And they started selling half and half scarves. So if you go to a Manchester City Liverpool game, yeah. it'll be half Liverpool, half man, and they're yeah. the worst thing. They should be allowed in. Like if someone <laughs> tries to get in the stadium with one of them on, no. Take, don't ever let them into a football match. I can see you sitting if I see you tomorrow night wearing a a Boston Houston half and half scarf. Oh, no, 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 uh, it would not surprise me one little bit. Um, So, uh, the series is set up quite nicely. Um, Yes, exciting. Looking forward to it. It starts uh, tomorrow evening. Mm -hmm. Um, We've got some prices for the series. Obviously, we're still kind of 36 hours or so. Out from the commencement at this point. So yeah. uh the, the prices we've got are for the series, which is Houston, understandably the favourites at minus 155, and um, Boston, the dogs at plus 130. Um, same prices for game one, uh, minus 155 and plus 130. We're looking at a total of around eight. Um, no official picture announcements for either team. Um, I think um it's so certainly going to be Nathan Vivaldi for Boston and I think it's more than likely to be Fran Valdez um, for the Houston Astros but first off then Moona, um you've done the, you've done the heavy lifting again um take us through some of the key numbers that we need to know uh, with relation to the entire series uh, and which way it's going to go.
1: Yeah, so um, this, these two teams met up in two series this uh, in the regular season. One was a four-game set in Houston, and another one was a three-game set, I think, the following weekend uh, in Boston. And um, the Astros won the season series five games. to the two, they took five out of the seven games. Um, I think the in- interesting part here, Malcolm, is that if you take a look at the, the final scores in the Houston games, they're more trending towards the under, right? You had that one first game that the Astros won 11 to two, but after that five, one, two, one Astros won those two games. And then five to one, the Red Sox won. So I'm pretty sure those totals were around nine, nine and a half, possibly even 10 runs. So the, at least the ones in Houston that, you know, those games, uh, three out of the four went under the total. And then if we go over to uh, the series in Boston, uh, sorry, in Boston, um, June 8th, Seven to one Astros got the victory there, but then June nine and tenth, eight to three Astros, and then twelve to eight Red Sox. So, um, I think something that will you know as we get these pitchers that uh, get announced at least for games one and game two, uh, it'll be interesting to see to go inside the box scores and the game logs and see how they fared against their opponent, whether it was against you know the Red Sox or the Astros, obviously. But um, <clears throat> you know what I've noticed here in uh, the the kind of just generally looking at the starters. For both these teams that pitch against each other, the Red Sox are at a significant disadvantage because I believe the starters ERAs are above six um, for the Red Sox. And then for the Astros, I believe they were around that two two 2.20 or 2.3 area uh, against the Red Sox. So I think right now for the starting pitching, I think we kind of have to give the edge to the Astros uh, for right now.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. that. A lot more, seem a bit more settled down as well. Um, Boston have seem to have done well with the pitching that they've got, um, almost done well despite uh, the pitching, kind of not because of it. Um, and it hasn't been uh, particularly deep either. There are some key, some key men, though. There's two, for me, key pitchers. Um, one of them is obviously McCullough's um, because his status is kind of up in the air yes. uh, with a little bit of forearm stiffness. And the second one is Chris Sale, who is Boston's nominal SP1. He's their star pitcher. He's their stud pitcher, but did not pitch like it um, in the previous series. So um, I think a lot rests on the shoulders of those two men uh, and how they can carry their teams. um, Because they should be pitching um, McCullough's likely to go three and seven, I think, maybe. And then Sale would be going two and six if we get, if you get that far, so uh, those two moon have seemed to me to be the, the cornerstones of this series,
1: yeah. And you know, Chris Sale, like you mentioned, he has not been good since I believe the last game of the season, the regular season, where it was a must win situation for the Red Sox. And he came out and threw a absolute I don't know what the word is, but he just stunk in that game. Uh, I think he only went. Uh, Two innings, um, and gave up five earned runs within those first two innings, and then we fast forward to the uh, series against the Rays. Um, he also gave up that grand slam against the Rays. So, um, yeah, if the if the Red Sox are gonna want to have a chance to win this series or be competitive in the series, they're gonna have to get something out of Chris Sale. You know, he's gonna have to be the ace pitcher that they paid him for they traded for you know a couple seasons ago where they got him to be that frontline starter your number one guy and i think that a lot of it is predicated on how chris sell does because after that yeah nathan Navaldi has been good also but after those two guys it's a significant drop off for the astro sorry for the uh, red sox because the starters are going for the red sox but it's been a very very quick hook for uh those pitchers and alex cora has made those moves hey if you're going to have a bad start in two or three innings, you're going to get the hook and we're going to have to rely on the bullpen. And for the Red Sox, the bullpen has not been the greatest during the season. They've been pretty good uh, in the in the race series. I think Nick Bavetta, you highlighted, uh, Malcolm, has been really good. Also Tanner, Tanner Hawk for the uh, Red Sox. So I think if those two guys are able to – come in and be in long, long relief and do what they did against the Rays, they give the uh Red Sox a good chance of winning the series.
0: Yeah, that's definitely one of the key uh, one of the key things in the series. I'll I'll throw a couple more at you, Moon. I think, yeah you mentioned the those batting averages um Astros batting 300 against the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. Um Red Sox just batting 210 um against the Astros. Um, We talked last week about that Astros lineup. We'll be talking about Michael Brantley and people like that. Um, And there's no real holes in that Astros lineup where um, Boston's can be a little bit patchy, particularly that more recently since September, they they struggle to get their offense going.
1: Yeah. And I think that if we talk about giving a batting edge, I think significantly the Astros do have the batting edge for sure over the Red Sox, but let's give a lot of credit to the Red Sox for what they w- were able to do against arguably the best pitching rotation as a team um, for the uh, against the Rays, right? I think the Rays finished up as a number one team, as sorry, as far as ERA in the MLB during the regular season. But, um, you know, for the Red Sox to be able to do what they did against this pitching, I think that kind of speaks volumes. And if they're hot, you know, it, it's kind of a trickle effect for them that, you know, it, it, one guy gets a hit, the next guy is going to get a hit, and you know, so on and so forth. The Red Sox don't have the big, sexy names like the Astros do in their lineup. I mean, you have Kyle Schwarber, Alexander Bogaz, Rafael Devers, J.D. Martinix, Alex Verdugo, but after that, it's been guys that have been making a lot of contributions. I think Kike Hernandez is a name that we haven't really yeah. talked about in this lineup. I think Hunter Renfro also, and then you have Christian Vasquez, who also had a pretty good uh, series against... The um the rays. But then if we talk about the Astros, I mean the names that are just in this lineup, like you talked about one through seven, one through eight, this is a very, very difficult lineup. And I think the Red Sox pitching is gonna struggle against this this uh Astros lineup for sure.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be um it's gonna be quite traditional stuff. And they have they have to hold them at Bay for possibly seven games as well. It's not kind of just yeah. a, a one off like they like they did okay in the uh in the wild card game and what have you. Um, Go on the other side of the ball, then Moon off the bullpens. Not much in the in the bullpen ARAs over the course of the season. In fact, the Red Sox was um, a little bit better on the numbers, three point nine nine. Yeah, uh, where Houston came out four point zero six. Um, but you couldn't really put a cigarette paper between them. Um, Ryan Presley uh, for the Astros, the closer, I think, gives them a big edge uh, if any games do come down to that. Um, he saved 26 of 28 opportunities this season um, with a 2.25 ERA uh, and a whip at under 1, 0.97 was his whip. Uh, Matt Barnes, really for Boston, um, not much of a comparison, um, was kind of wobbly, uh, is kind of wobbly. Um, 6.48 ERA in the second half of the season, uh, Matt Barnes. And he had a COVID stint as well, and we've uh, we've commented on that a few times. So that does seem uh, it can linger, uh, linger around Garrett Cole was someone that we've talked about. Uh, there was another pitch as well. Can't remember who it was. Maybe. Uh, so what about the pen's moon? I've had. I'm not sure Boston have enough arms uh, over a seven-game series. This is my main concern.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think that we have to give the edge to the 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 bullpen edge to the Astros because, uh, like you mentioned, with Having Ryan Presley as your, you know, a guy that can either close the game out for you or even come in in that seventh inning and get you a shutdown inning when you need it. Plus, i us also forget they do have Kendall Graveman in this bullpen for the Astros. Um, yeah. He's been pretty good, at least, you know, since they acquired him uh, during the trade deadline. Um, he had a little bit of shaky of in August, but if you take a look at October, uh, sorry, in uh, September, he had an ERA of .93 over nine and two-thirds innings uh, pitched. Um he only gave up eight hits, one earned run in that span. Uh, the one thing that does kind of concern you about Graveman is the, um, he issues a lot of walks. And I think that it, that's been one of the things for Graveman is that there was three straight games where he kind of came in and and really gave up the lead um, to opposing teams. And he had, I think there was a stretch where he had three blown slates, three blown slaves in appearances where he uh, came into the game and against the, you know, the white Sox, They didn't really need him um, because some of these games were blowouts. You know, the bats, like we talked about with the Astros, were just on fire against the White Sox. So um, definitely I am giving the edge to the uh, Astros uh, in the bullpen when you have guys like Christian Javier in there also that can be long relief pitchers. Um, But again, this is going to be interesting how Alex Cora manages his bullpen and where he wants to do because I think for the Astros – or sorry, for the Red Sox, he can insert a starting pitcher – to come in in that eighth or ninth inning if he needs to. He's not afraid to do that. So, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a Nick Bavetta coming in to close out a, you know, a ninth inning game or, or, you know, Chris Sale when it's a serious clinching game, possibly for the Red Sox or even uh, Eduardo Rodriguez. So I think it's going to be all hands on deck. And I think that this is going to be a very interesting pitching, or sorry, a managerial matchup for both these uh, managers.
0: Yeah, we've seen evidence of the Astros pen being able to go uh, so quite quite long. They pitched five scoreless in that uh, ALDS clincher, actually. Um, Stanek, uh, Phil Matto and Jimmy uh, Garcia uh, pitched five scoreless there. Um, you're right. Kendall Graveman's been absolutely fine. I think with Boston, uh, Boston are going to have to patch it together. Uh, yes. You're right. Um, Alex Cora has said today or yesterday that he's going to be aggressive. And by that, I think he means what you've just said, empty in the clip, and, and you've got to. It's, it's playoff baseball. Yeah. Um, Garrett Whitlock will do a job, 1.96 ERA with a 1.10 whip. But then we've seen Tanner Houck uh, come into the middle of the game. Uh, like you said, Nick Pavetta, uh, they can turn to one of them in either long relief or they can piggyback them, something like that. Sure. Um, and you said he, he, if he wants to chuck Chris Salen or something. So I think Houston's will be more traditional, more established. Um but Boston will uh, will try everything they've got in their locker um, to, to cobble something together if they have to. Um, that actually segues into my last little question, Moonaf. I'm just peppering you with questions tonight. We didn't even discuss this before we came <laughs> on here. I've just absolutely gone rogue and thought, I've got an idea. I'm just going to make Moonaf say stuff. Uh, so the managers then, Dusty Baker, Alex Cora. Um, does Alex Cora have a slight advantage... Um, through was managerial experience, etc. In this series, will that make a difference? And this is something I would have to defer to you. Is mm. we you, we occasionally have my daft Englishman questions. This sure. is something that I wouldn't really have a great handle on. Um, so I'm asking you to educate me here uh, and tell me what, what the what the edge would be if there is one. I, I think Alex Cor
1: does have the advantage here in the uh, at least as far as the matchup between the two managers. Um, you know, there's been times when I believe that Dusty Baker kind of overmanages the Astros at points of where maybe let your starting pitcher go a little bit longer than um, than before you're trying to pull him out of the out of the uh, rotation or sorry during the game. And also, you know, I, I think that when you n- say the name Yimi Garcia to Astros fans, they kind of cringe because he hasn't been. He hasn't been, you know, the pitcher that he they kind of penned out um, that they thought would uh, he would be. And it, it makes them really nervous when he comes into the game. But I think that as far as game-to-game situations and, like we mentioned, patching it together, I think Alex Cora is definitely the better um, better manager at that. And let's not forget, Alex Cora was with this uh, Astros organizations not too long ago. I think it was about, what, four seasons ago when the Astros, um, you know, making their world series run. Let's not forget. This is the fifth straight, uh, uh, conference championship, uh, series for the Astros. So he knows his team. He knows his batters, uh, cause he was with the organization. And I think that, you know, we talked about this all season. Malcolm, as I said, is I think for the, the, biggest thing for the Red Sox has been getting Alex Cora back in that clubhouse after what happened, you know, with the yeah. whole sign ceiling thing and how he had to leave for a year and then come back. And, you know, I think we're seeing the effects of it of last season, the Astros or sorry, the Red Sox didn't even make the playoffs. And this year, here they are in the in the in the championship series against the Astros. So I think that kind of speaks volumes of how great of a manager Alex Cora is. And even then, I think these players just love playing for him. Right. He's he's a real good uh, players manager. Uh, yes. The Players respect him. And I think that I think if we had to give an edge, I'm definitely giving it to Alex Cora in this series against uh, Dusty Baker.
0: If you fancy yourself as a bit of a manager, someone who can pick a guy, uh, if you could get some stock in some guys like Patrick Mahomes or Christian McCaffrey, Prediction Strike makes that a real possibility. Prediction Strike is the only performance-based sports stock market where you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes as if they were stocks. It's like Robin Hood and DraftKings had a baby. Fair enough. Prediction Strike lets fans create portfolios of their favourite athletes so they can make money and get closer to the game. Don't just bet on your favourite players, start investing in them. Simply download Prediction Strikes' new and easy-to-use app from the app, or sign up at PredictionStrike.com to create an account. Use code SGPN to receive a free athlete share with your first deposit of $20 or more. Okay then, Moonaf. so yeah, we're all over that. So we've covered the bats, we've covered the starters and the bullpen's and the managers. Um we make some picks. We gave we gave the odds at the top of the show on the series. You put some uh some series score lines up actually in our little in our little private chat. we have got the uh from the clean sweeps which is 10 to one for Houston and 16 to one for Boston. Uh mm-hmm. the favorite the the favorite scores um are Astros four two. Um, is 390, closely followed by Astros 4-3 at plus 400. Uh, so that's the kind of thing we're looking at. Um, if you fancy the Red Sox in 7 plus 600, Red Sox in 6 plus 600. Um, Munaf, you can lead us off with your picks because yours are slightly more sane and sensible than mine. <laughs> um, did you follow your heart? Did you follow your head? Did you follow the numbers? Was it a good handicap? How did you do it? And what is the answer, Moonaf? Yeah. And,
1: and, you know, I'll I'll be as unbiased as I can, but, you know, as we've, you know, kind of talked through it and, you know, following these, both of these teams closely throughout the season um, right now, I think there's, there's a significant edge um, pitching wise for the, uh, for the Houston Astros as, as far as their starting pitching goes also. Right. And we've talked about this all season Malcolm is that they've had, they have five to six guys that were in this pitching rotation, um, throughout the season, that they can kind of drop one guy that can go to the bullpen that kind of bolsters their bullpen, also, right? But when you have Framber Valdez, Jose Arcady, um, uh, the question mark, like you said, with Lance McCullers, we're not sure until news comes out. I think that's going to hurt them because he has been their best pitcher all season long. Um, but Jose Arcady and Framber Valdez have been really good for the Astros at home. And then if you have to go with Luis Garcia on the road, I think that you know might be troubling waters for them, but. I just think that this Astros, this this batting lineup is just really, really tough to get through. And I think the Red Sox may have a hard time going through each of these batters. I mean, we haven't even talked about, you know, guys like Jose Altuve, Michael Brantley. We've talked about um, Jordan Alvarez, who's had a great series. Carlos Correa, who's hopefully it's not the last season uh, with the Astros, because I think we'll talk about this in the offseason is that if Carlos Correa has gone from this team, it's going to be a big blow to this Astros team, but one through seven, one through eight for this Astros batting lineup. I think it's, it's going to be a real struggle for the Red Sox. So, um, but you know, with the Red Sox, they have a lot of heart and, and they'll fight back. So um, as far as for this series, I I think I have to lean with the Astros here. I'm going to take the Astros series minus one and a half at plus plus one thirty five. I think uh, I've been talking to, you know, some of my friends offline and, and, you know, guys that are Astros fans. And I've been saying that I think the Astros probably get this done in five to six games. Um, So I'm going Astros minus one and a half on the series price at plus 135. Um, This one is a little chalky at minus 180, but over five and a half uh, games for the total games of the series. I think that's a good bet also. But if you're not into laying, you know, that minus 180 price, especially over six games. Um I would probably go with the plus price of the Astros, minus one uh, minus one and a half at plus one
0: thirty-five. Yeah, that seems reasonable, Moon That's kind of giving us a given us a, an option from every uh every price bracket, if you like. You've got the minus one hundred eighty for the over five and a half games. We've obviously like Houston uh to win the series, um, which is what minus one fifty five, kind of somewhere in the middle. Yeah, but yeah. that plus one thirty five, um, uh, just to get it done by that extra game. Uh it's certainly a working man's price. Um I, I absolutely agree with all of that, by the way. I've um I was looking a little bit just, just somewhere a little bit different. Obviously, I'll be I'll be looking at home runs and stuff. Well, we haven't got those uh those lines up yet this week. Um, I think Lance McCullough is the key man, really. He does hold the key to the series if he does go. Yeah. Um I came down on um Something that we, if it's not broke, don't fix it, moon off. Now, this is something we followed all summer was the Astros run line. And it was something that you turned me on to, something that you uh peddled a lot. Uh, which was Astros kept winning by um more than one and a half runs. Uh yeah. and at one point it was a it was a ridiculous figure, probably in um what well, May, 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 June time kind of thing. Mm. Anyway, um the Astros won 36 games, regular season games, by five runs or more. Wow. Uh, second only to the Rays. The Rays won 38. Uh, the Astros won 36 by five runs or more. So couple of that with the fact that... Uh, so I like the fact that the if the Astros win, they can. Uh, how many games did they win all season? Um,
1: um, the Astros in the regular uh, season, I believe 95? 90. Let me double check that for you. Yeah, that's
0: uh, all right. It's not just... Yeah, roughly. So, in one in every 2.6 or 2.7 of them, uh, they've won that by a lot of runs. They've won that. They're, they're easily covering these run lines. Um, so, I'm going to take the run line um, for every game of the series. Uh, if we're, we're saying that the Astros are going to win four games, uh, I'm hoping that maybe three of them, um, or if not four of them, uh, they can do it by, by running a half. Uh, there might be a tight one in there. Other than that, though, I, I think they can blow up. Um, maybe Nick Pavetta could blow up. I mean, houck has gone okay, actually. Um, but yeah, Pavetta could be a victim for a blow up. The bullpen can certainly be the victim for a blow up. So there's two. So if we if we get a couple of bullpen blow ups, um, and you don't even need a blow up to win a, a, a game by two. we We could get a 3-1 in there. Uh, in a Lance McCullers game or something like that. Um, so I'd I'd be happy for level stakes take that every time, and hopefully that'll come out once more than it doesn't, uh, and put us in profit. What price are those uh, those run lines on a daily basis, Moon? After uh, the plus one and a half, approximately. Into um, plus one and a half for minus one and a half for the Astros. Minus one and a half, sorry, yeah,
1: yeah. So for game one right now, I see that plus one forty, and I'll quickly okay. also say this, Malcolm is that. Um, in the White Sox series, the three victories for the Astros, they were they clearly covered that minus one and a half. Yeah. Um, in those games, and let's just quickly take a look. They won two games by five runs, like you have mentioned, and then the last game they won by nine runs. So, if you're really feeling frisky, we'll take a look at an alternate at minus two and a half on the Astros. You might get that at north of uh, plus two hundred.
0: Um, you mentioned that Houston won this series five two during the regular season. Mm-hmm. Um, four of those games would have covered. They won, they won by nine, four, uh, one, six, and five. Uh, so four of the five uh, wins if, uh, would have covered this one and a half figure as well. Yeah. Uh, so if we can follow that trend, you're looking at plus odds. That's what I was trying to give you, a plus odds, maybe between, between plus 140 and plus 170, depending on who's on the bump. Uh, and, yeah, I think that might just turn a profit by the end of the series. Um, yeah. So that is where I got to, Moon off. And uh, you don't sound too distressed by that.
1: No, I think that's right. I mean, it, that's something that we've talked about all season long is that this team that, like we said, if you like the Astros, just take the minus one and a half because they're going to cover the number uh, on the rug line. I also quickly want to mention is that I think this Lance McCullers thing is, is something significant that everybody should keep an eye on that if he's going to be available for this series or not. Because I think that... In the in the White Sox series, in the divisional round, he started two out of these three uh, games. And two out of those three games, the Astros won by five runs and then nine runs. So if he's not able to go or if he's going to be limited, I, I think that that it's starting to turn a little bit for the Red Sox and that you're going to need somebody like Framber Valdez or Jose or Arcady to really step up and, and be that Matt Lance McCullers. But I just don't see it from those two guys because Lance McCullers has just had a fantastic season. And especially, you know, at home, he's been really great. So definitely keep an eye out for the um, Lance McCuller news. Um, if there's anything that does come about, I'll tweet it out or I'll put it in our MLB Slack channel. But I think that is something significant that we do need to keep an eye on for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's kind of uh, rinse and repeat with these, um, these baseball bets that you need to keep an eye on. Um, pitching changes, starting lineups and things like that and something as key as McCullough's going. That really is one of the cornerstones of the series. Um, If you fancy any of those uh, picks that Ming and Moon have just put up, get across to Winbet uh, for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Either go to the uh, Winbet app or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Loads of promos, odds, payouts, uh, stuff to cover. All of the the m l b the hockey the n f l you name it that's going on this season um and get your one thousand bucks free and invest it uh on whatever you like and I believe moon after that's covered that uh that was fun now I, I enjoyed talking about that series I'm really looking forward to it
1: yeah it's gonna be a fun series you know I think that any time these two teams get together it's uh uh for the fans at least for baseball fans it's a, it's a lot of fun so um, you know, this might be a series where we see a lot of runs scored because, you know, these two offenses are probably the two best in the American League. Um, Definitely the Astros are the Red Sox, you know, their their bats have been hot towards the end of the season in that first series against the best pitching staff ERA wise in the American League. So, you know, I would not be surprised if we see a lot of runs being scored in this uh in this uh, series between these two teams. So. Hopefully, it's a lot of fun. Hopefully, you know, it gets the seven games and it's uh, it's going to be a very fun series. And again, we have the Dodgers and the Giants going off tonight. So, um, you know, a lot of great baseball left here and, and it's going to be a lot of fun as we wake, make our way to the World Series.
0: Yeah, by this time to know, uh, tomorrow we'll know which team out with the Dodgers and the Giants yeah. uh, have advanced to take on Atlanta uh, in a series we will discuss, I think, tomorrow night, probably off and there, we'll get that published at some uh, point. Uh, a similar preview to this one. Uh, so yeah, yeah, look forward to that. Um enjoy in the meantime, Moonaf. Enjoy the uh that game tonight, uh, and the start of the series tomorrow. Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, usual places to subscribe and like and rate and review. Uh, get across to the website for wherever you need. Uh the SGPN.com website is absolutely outstanding and goes from strength to strength. I thoroughly enjoyed listening to the uh the NFL DFS podcast today. They had a guest on. I said to mood just while well, they had a guest on who was actually talking sensible stuff about football <laughs> and it really unnerved me. It wasn't just Sean and Ryan uh, just with their crazy takes. Um, this man wanted to, do, uh, to- talk sense um, and that's not, uh, that's not the content I'm here for. Uh, but yeah, whatever you want, it's over there. So thank you everybody. Um, enjoy the next evening or two. Thank you very much, yes, Um, I hope this series doesn't tear you too much. Um, but whichever way it goes, you'll have someone to support uh, when it comes to the uh, World Series. Um, Have a good couple of days, everyone. Uh, We'll speak to you in the next 36 hours. Uh, We'll see you down the road. Cheers.